Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Between You and I Bad Grammar podcast. This is episode 19. And today, Ryan and I have Kathy Moore, who is extraordinary. And we had so much fun talking to her. She does so many things. Not only is she a, a fantastic um, guitarist, she plays piano, she sings, she writes. She's in so many projects and constantly working, right, Ryan? Like we oh, talked yeah. about I mean, so she, many things. She makes me feel pretty lazy, quite honestly. So. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, right? Um, she's just a super creative, right? She's mm-hmm. got ideas and she's interested in learning and 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 does, right? Like she sits down. I, there were so many things about this conversation that um, I just enjoyed. And she's, you know, I can't say enough about her. She's fantastic. So hope you guys all enjoy it. This is episode 19 with Kathy Moore. Love you guys. If you want to subscribe, we would totally appreciate it. If you want to leave a review, that's awesome as well. Hope you have a good time. All right. Take care. Today, we have the incredible Kathy Moore, who's in so many bands that I can't list them all now, but I will list some. So you have like the Kathy Moore Superpower Trio, the Little Ships, you do Blood Moon Orchestra, um, you do Boom Boom Band, I think you do, right? I've seen you do, and Crystal Beth, and other things. So, and... (laughs) can we get into this like I can't I probably can't list all the things you do like all the people you've played with and the um collaborated with like Darius like anyways the list goes on um and you're you're so prolific that's (laughs) I can't I couldn't wait to talk about that like I was just like when is she not doing something and I love that like I say that as a huge compliment so um you're just in a lot of things. So we will, we're, we're going to provide like an S ton of um, links uh, in this episode too, just so people can get the chance to explore all the things that you do. Um, But thank you. Thank you for coming on this podcast. And it's a long time coming. We've been like with COVID and I think things just going on in people's lives. We've been like, we're doing it. We're not doing it. We're doing it. (laughs) We're not doing it. It happens. Yeah. I'm too tired. No, I'm not. We had that really great meeting between you, myself, Tekla, Shana, um, that whole group, Julia, you know, just a whole group of ladies talking. It was so wonderful. Yeah, I really, um, you know, we had Tekla on here as well. And we were talking about that. And, you know, from my perspective, like I wanted to gather women because I didn't do that when I was in the thick of bands. I, I felt, uh, you know, self-induced probably, but, um, I I didn't reach out to other people or other peers or other women, probably just out of, um, busyness and ignorance and, you know, just used to, I'm someone who's used to being alone. And so it just probably didn't cross my mind. But as I got older, I can reflect back on all the times that really didn't, serve me, um, especially when things got, you know, hard, I was like, oh, wow, I really need to form a practice of reaching out to people, um, participating, asking, um, building relationships. And so that that night was just one of those tries at that, just saying like, well, these are all incredibly talented women and I just don't want to be around that. <laughs> I don't want to hear what everybody else is doing. And, you know, and, and often is the case we're a lot, a lot of times going through the same thing or have, um, and it's really comforting 
to just hear and talk to other. Well, isn't that great? Because if you you have such specific things that happen when you're a musician mm-hmm. and nobody can really understand it except for someone who's gone through the same thing. So yes. it's really great to have conversations with people and then you feel like they can relate to you and you don't have to feel bad about talking about it, whatever that thing is, or the joys of it, or the, where, you know, being around creativity helps inspire creativity. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the excellent point right there. And, you know, even Tekla had said, like, I just I really needed to talk to someone who could understand what this is like or what I'm going through. Um, and I had said to her, I said, yeah, I remember a very specific time in my life that was probably the hardest time, like in terms of like having a depression. And I remember talking to my mom and she was like, well, why don't you call someone? And I was like, yeah, like who, 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 <laughs> who would I call? Who's going to know who's what I've been through or, you know, not so dramatically or like who has seen the things I've seen, you know what I mean? Like, or been through or understand what's difficult about it and what's good or not magical about it and commune on that yeah. um, uh, or get help. And so, yeah, I, I took that very seriously at some point um, and I'm much better at, uh, just reaching out. I'm like, well, you know, it, re- it was like, Carrie re- requires your participation if you want to have friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Isn't it true? Because it's re- the thing that's really hard for me is that I could spend hours in a room just learning stuff and sorting through it. And so I actually have to force myself, you know, and I have like my cat, my husband. So I have to really huh. force myself into the world. Um, and not, I love people. Like when I talk to people, it's so wonderful and thrilling, but I think as like someone who does something that's time consuming in a solo endeavor, mm-hmm. it's really hard to make yourself go out. And um, so one of the great things about quarantine, which I hate to say that sentence, one of the great I'm with problems, you. Yeah. You got to find the I've upside. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I've had some of the best conversations I've had during this quarantine. And even like last week, I learned to make kimchi with two friends of mine who meet once a week to teach each other stuff and um, it took two hours to make the kimchi and then you have to like you know set it out for you know a year or whatever. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know if I would eat it because I'm like should I really eat this but it, <laughs> it smells great you know anyway it's so great to have that which I've never done in my life and so I'm like why were, were we not doing that right yeah. well it's forced us to slow down And, and I think the, especially the court, not quarantine, but like shelter in place, kind of whatever scenario forces simplicity as well and innovation. Um, But also if you're a natural introvert in some sense, right? Like not introvert in that you're not social, but like, like I take pleasure in being alone. Like I am at at ease and prefer a lot of alone time. Um, and when you're right, when you're doing creative efforts like songwriting, recording, or all these things, like that's the fun part. You really could just disappear into your basement, like pleasurably not come out for a few days or a month, maybe, because yeah. you're having fun and it, it requires focus. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think this time is, I've said the same thing, like almost feeling guilty, but like, ooh, did I did I ask for COVID? Because <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to commute anymore. I was working. Yeah. 
and I was so burnt on commuting from Tacoma to Seattle. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, hallelujah, I don't have to commute. And so I felt bad. And then I, I chose to take that. I recognized that as an opportunity to really isolate. So I got off all social media and um, needed to get really silent. Like just I did, I do a lot of meditation. And so um, I really needed just days of silence and sitting um, in order to hear something new and kind of clear out and get centered. And so for me, that's what I needed. That's that was the medicine I needed. And then, you know, then I felt ready at some point Um, with a different, like for, for me, it's, I can only, I use social media to share like, cause I do life coaching and mentorship. And so I use it for that and some connecting, but then I got to get off. I I have to train myself to like, get out. I know I've been having this thought lately um, that, I wonder if the way that we react on social media, which, by the way, I use it, obviously, a lot to share or whatever or connect to people um, around the world that are my friends. But um, I feel like we are um, training ourselves to be offended by stuff. And and I'm not talking about the big picture stuff. I'm talking about little irritations (gasps) that we should be able to take, you know, like when you're driving a car and you get mad at people. I feel like everything is so irritating. And then we're taking that into our everyday life. Right. You know, right. Well, there's, there's no guardrails on social media, right? Like it's easy. You don't, you don't have any consequences in that moment. If you just react, right. What are the, Mm. what are the boundaries that make you go, why don't you stop for a minute? And it's easy to forget there's a human on the other side too, because you're just seeing text on the screen and then you can sit there and type something really mean and not realize the impact it's going to have. Right. Yeah. And also people just misunderstand language, you know, mm-hmm. um, they misunderstand jokes, they misunderstand language or that what per- someone is saying comes from their whole history of their life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it may not be about you at all, but we get offended by like really silly things. And so it yeah. makes us like more impatient when we're standing in line at the supermarket or, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so you know, I did a thing for a while where I was trying to not read the news feed. What do they call it? Doom scrolling? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I love to see what people are doing. Like that to me is is also very, like a lot of people share mm-hmm. cool, you know, do you know Jody Brothers? Yeah. I always feel like she shares all this amazing stuff, even like it's funny or it's political or whatever. And, yeah. But I mean, there, there are people that I, I like to really see what, and art, music that's coming out and stuff like that. So, you know. Hey, and as I figure as long as it's pleasurable to you, then it's good, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll find myself scrolling going, you don't feel good anymore and you're still scrolling. Like, get out. Like, um, and I wonder there's some folks who end up, that's where they're living. Oh, for is sure. in social media. And I was like, that's not a place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's yeah. not. And, and it's a perception yeah exactly well and you have so much going on so many things so i mean i don't even know where to start all the questions i have like okay one can you just give us a history of your history right because you're in you do a lot of efforts you're an insanely good guitar player like you're such a sought after um guitarist um i don't know just give me a history as you as a musician yeah um so in high school i didn't play guitar 
Mm. I, I played piano and I sang and I was like in musicals and stuff and I accompanied right. people in musicals. Um, and I, when I went, I went to college to study classical piano and voice. And when um, I didn't have a piano anymore, I bought electric guitar and um, I had played a little bit of guitar before that. Like I knew some chords, but I couldn't do anything like bar chords. I didn't really know anything mm -hmm. interesting, just like D, G. Um, so when I bought that electric guitar, I started practicing for hours and hours because I super fell in love with it. Like in a way that I oh. had, you know, like I felt like a musician before yeah. that, but that was the thing that I fell in love with. And, um, so I practiced for hours and hours and I d started developing that thing where you just stay at home doing something. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I wasn't like when I first started playing guitar, I um, I started playing jazz because there was a uh, I was looking for women who played guitar to just to let me know that this was a thing that was possible. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't hitting my head against a wall or whatever, um, because I had been told that women couldn't really play guitar that we weren't. Strong. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. We didn't have the foreign restraint. Um, yeah. And so I saw um, right. Someone told me about Emily Remler, who was this great jazz guitar player, and she died at 32, but she she used to travel around performing and teaching and was really well respected and so um i decided that i wanted to play jazz so i could okay. like emily Ramler. and i did that for a really long time where i was just studying it um yeah. and uh i still loved rock like when i was in long beach fishbone was the band so mm -hmm. we would listen to jazz and then go listen to fishbone nice, nice. Yeah. or or any fishbone related thing like wendy and lisa were actually fishbone related because oh wow um, they, there, there were groups of funk bands that would get together and play, um, I think through the bass player at Fishbone. Oh, that's and amazing. So I always had like my, you know, I always loved certain things like, you know, Guns N' Roses or whatever. But actually when grunge happened, I think my mind was blown because it was a new scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there really had not been an important scene in rock and roll for a long time that I mm -hmm. related to. And um, I remember seeing Nirvana and going, whoa. <laughs> yeah. That sounds different. And it makes me feel a certain way. And I'm a little scared. Yeah. And it's. You know. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> and then Soundgarden, like, that yeah. was really kind of the kicker. So actually moved to Seattle around that time. Are yeah. you from California? Is no, that what you're saying? Okay. I'm from the Midwest. Okay. Nice. But, yeah. But I lived in California for a while when grunge okay. was happening. So I, mm -hmm. my brother lived in Seattle, but I think I kind of moved up just because not to play grunge, just to be there, you know, because wow. it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but I still played jazz when I came up. Nice. Um, so uh, I... Mean, I I just I know so many people. I mean, I know a ton of guitar players who have deep respect for jazz. I mean, Garth Reeves mm -hmm. has deep respect for that. Um, Rafe, who plays uh, who played Miley, they're all it, very deep into that. And there's passion in jazz and there's swing and there's mm -hmm. um, great like turns. Right. I, I, I can see why you would like be really close to it and into it. Yeah, um, it, it's like 
you know, the cool thing is because I play mostly rock and funk now. So um, uh -huh. it's like swinging three bats yeah. and then going and swinging one. You know, it really kind of sets you your skills up, like your transcribing skills and your arranging skills and um, how to improvise and listen to people and connect together. So I feel like that part of it was really important for this other phase of my life, which has really been playing rock guitar for the last. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, you're amazing at that. You're very, and um, you seem to me, and you can tell me, very intuitive, mm. right? Like it's in your body. Like you kind of go to another place. And, you know, there's those amazing guitar players. Like I think McCready's like that, where he's gone, you know, like, oh, he gone, you know. Like oh, isn't it the best? Like I yeah. own that. Like, you know, you sometimes you can see it happen because sometimes yeah. he'll just be playing like we all do. Uh -huh. And then he is gone gone so and yeah. by the way you can hear it when he does it i was at a flight to mars once and i was in the back room and and he had been playing a solo and i was in the back room i don't know brushing my hair or whatever and all of a sudden i heard some a sound change and i ran out and he was gone and like breaking shit or whatever I mean, yeah can i say that oh, yeah. yeah you can swear your head off don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> now this fence comes out um, i'm surprised i haven't yet <laughs> um and he like, you, not only did he go to that place that was super thrilling and exciting, mm -hmm. but I felt like I went there, too. I think the yeah. audience went there with him. It was really exciting. And I feel yes. like when I see him do that, I learned something about letting go fully. Yes. You know. Yeah. Let the magic come through, right? Yeah. Because I fully believe in that. Like, get out of the way. Like, something's yeah. trying to come through you. Um yeah, no. And that must feel like a pleasure. Like when you're playing and you get that, isn't that amazing? Like some kind of high. Oh yeah. It's the best. That's my favorite. It's like a, um, you know, I'm not religious at all anymore, but, um, I was actually Pentecostal for a while. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's right there. Guitar playing Pentecostal. It's not that far. <laughs> this was like when I was young and, and sure. Um, like whatever. Hey, this but, just adds flavor to you, Kathy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but I think, you know, from when I was 14 to 16 and it, mm -hmm. uh, what happens is this hysterical elation. Yeah. That's why I think people get into that whole Pentecostal world. And, yeah. um, and it happens when I play guitar. So that becomes almost like that spiritual experience for me. Yeah. Um, well, it's like getting yourself in a state, right? What is the whirling dervishes too, right? They spin yeah. in order to get into a state. Um, yeah, that's a magical, I think, mystical thing that happens if you can get yourself into that zone. And it just feels really great. It's really hard. I mean, I think that's what keeps sometimes people in music. Like you can endure a lot of crap for yeah. like 10 minutes of like that elation or that mm -hmm. uh, being on stage and playing. Um I knew a friend yeah. who was who was an actor and who quit acting. And I, I was like, well, why'd you quit? And he said, I just realized I was enduring like, you know, 22 hours of shit for like 20 <laughs> minutes of amazing, like, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's, I couldn't do it any longer. And I was like, you're not wrong. I'm like, is it, or not quite wrong. I mean, I guess that's really, really stressful. But there was a time when I could really relate to that. I was like, oh, you're closer than you think. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about getting in that zone, though. Any kind of art, like when you're working on it and you just like it mm -hmm. becomes so encompassing that not everything disappears in that moment. It's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the because 
that's the whole idea. And that's another thing I learned from jazz because jazz, if you listen to John Coltrane in Love Supreme, he's in that, well, he's in that a lot, mm-hmm. but he's in that through that whole album. And um, you practice and fix all your stuff so that you can do that, you know, yeah. so that, that when you go into that place where you're not consciously affecting everything that you do, the good stuff will come up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Once you're really good at playing an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you can go intuitive then. Yeah. And that's where magic happens. I like, you know, I was talking about Rafe who played on my last record and there's a song lead astray. Um, and what I like about, like he does, a, I feel like a light amount of jazz or his style on that is that, is that he partners with me. It's like we're dancing together. Like I go, he goes, I go, he goes. But, but and it's not like he's doing something so complicated, but it's the tastiest yeah. pluck, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or tone or like a little flutter of something um, or holding of one note and then I'll vocally meet there. I'm like, that's the shit right there. I just love that. I'm like, even if nobody likes it, I'm super happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm good. That's good. That's almost as good as sex right there. <laughs> well, what is that like for you as um, mm-hmm. a lead performer mm-hmm. oh. when you're out there, when you get into that place? Like, what is that well, experience like? You know, I've always said, like, I think of vocals like a guitarist would bond a guitaring. You know what I mean? Like yourself or like, you know, Danny Newcomb's the same way. He used to get up four hours every day, just like, but because he was, it was like the guitar and him were like one, right? But I look at singing the same way an instrumentist would look at their instrument. Like I'm interested in, you know, what I can do or how do I want that to sound or the the playing of it, right? Not over affecting. I'm not, I'm not interested in being fakey. I, I, I like singing, right? Like, so yeah. I'm a singer, singer, like, yeah. um, so when I get with good musicians, I mean, it's just, especially really great ones who know how to like, um, fall down, bounce back, come, but you know, whatever, <laughs> like really, you know, I, I, it's like, I'm walking on air and I don't look back. Like I mean, anything could happen behind me. And I'm like, whatever, you know, like, uh, I, I kind of love that, um, exchange right and so you know every record i've done it's been a brand new band or collection of people and and that's on purpose um one because it's my chance to get to play with new and other people but i I trust a lot i mean i i also trust in the mess up like i uh the third record i did my husband played bass live and he, he had no experience i mean he literally played bass in the basement with his brother right but he knew how to play bass and he got right on it like i'm also one of those people who will hand like somebody new and be like go learn this record you're you're in the band you know because i just i just I, I don't know i have faith in people and i'm like i i like taking the chance of offering something mostly i think i'm good at picking people who i know are eager yeah um sean bates was the same way he played on um invitation and he was getting into playing keys and i was and he's a great singer, right? And he's a I great know. songwriter. And so I was like, you, Sean, you want to play my band? Here's the record. Go learn it. And he learned it in a week. And it was like, yeah, yeah, good. So, but Marty, Marty learned technically, like he could devour the bass grimoire, right? Like just every day playing. Um, but it was really cool to watch him go. I had said to him, that's great. You know, all the notes you look, you know, you logically and, um, you know, technically know all the notes, 
But what I want you to be aware of is when we get on stage and -and so-and-so gets too drunk and fucks up, (laughs) what are you going to do? I'm like, you need to move from your technical to feel. And I'm like, because you're not going to know how to find your way back unless you learn how to feel this music. And he did. And it was, I mean, that to watch him evolve, like that was an evolution for him to be like, because anything could happen (laughs) sometimes, you know, depending on certain players, I was like, I will choose a little bit of crazy. And I think that band was like Pickerel, Jared Clifton. I mean, the chance of someone being drunk was like high. (laughs) And I think I was pregnant the whole time. Fun. So I love the like, well, it's okay. I I don't know. I like a little bit of crazy. Well, I, so I don't know if it's the same thing, but I love to write songs on broken instruments. Ooh. Um, I like a surprise or a shock to me because it breaks me out of my grips. Mm. And I like to do a lot of things that sound different from each other. Like, I don't really want to have a sound, although there is a sound. Like, I'm a pretty loud mm-hmm. rock and roll person, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I so I, I one of my favorite country songs I wrote, I wrote on this broken guitar that I had to kind of hold it together while I was playing. Oh, it. really? And um, it just sounded so cool. I wish I could read from that uh, instrument, but, or even like, um, we weren't listening to Elliot Smith during this time. And then Mm -hmm. we got his first um, vinyl and I just have been writing, thinking about um, uh, kind of how he stripped everything down, but it still sounded super rocking, you know, like acoustic guitar, double voice and Mm -hmm. a little snare, like a little brushwork. Did you ever hear Heat Miser? No, I don't. Oh, my God. So Elliot Smith was also in Heat Miser, one of my all time favorite bands. And that's rock and roll. Like that's during the cold grunge era. But Heat Miser was badass. And I think he played bass. Oh, wow. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Probably guitar. But he was in that as well. And that's um, I think he knew how to do a lot of things that that wasn't what happened in his solo stuff, but he was doing it in other places. So he had that in him. I liked his picking, like that whole picking style. And then uh, just the way he recorded to his recording style. Do you know what it is? Or you mean the way it sounded? The way it sounded. Yeah. Like the double vocals or the harmonies or things like that. Um, And it was such a, his songs were so ominous and hush. Um, Danny and I got to go on tour with him. Um, early on, on this, what do we call it? Pop chord or something tour with like Slim Moon, uh, uh, Sean Kroger from Cracker Bash. It was me and Danny and Tammy Watson from Kill Sybil. And we just went down the West coast. And so it was really cool to get a watch. And it was just Elliot by himself, um, to get, to watch him play. And it was, it was so, you're right. So simple, but so beautiful and ominous. It's like when you hear Nirvana and you're like, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know why, why this and not that. Yeah. Why is, why this and for so many people? Well, I think that's the magic of that's, you know, of artists, right? Something came through him and that's his thing. I think the same thing with Cobain and other people as well, where it's like, that's the magic, the individual magic of like, Oh, that person has something coming through them, right? Or oh, any yeah. artist. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about Elliot Smith, because I've been listening to him a lot, is that, you know, you can definitely hear John Lennon and Paul Simon, and he doesn't sound like them. So right. he, he took that to 
this place where everyone can imitate and you can say, oh, that sounds like Elliot Smith, if yeah. you do it. It doesn't sound like John Lennon. And so it's pretty cool when someone can take their influences and yes. shape it into something new. Yeah. Well, and he, I, he was, I'm a really lyric person. So he's a great lyricist too. Like Roman Candle was probably one of my all time favorite songs where he's like, I want to hurt him. I want to give him pain. I'm a Roman candle. My head is full of flames. I just was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I just, I couldn't get enough of it. Like I actually, I actually demanded to sing back up on that song. One time I was like, please, Elliot, can I sing just on the chorus? Did, and he was just you? like, sure. Yeah. I mean, just live one time in Portland where I just was, you know, everybody was really in like, um, of him, I think, uh, including myself. And so I just want one, you know, it's like a fan. I was a fan. Yeah. I just, I was like, Oh my God, I give anything just to sing on that course with you. Like just a, you know, octave up or something. And it was, um, it was really fun. Yeah. I love that song. I mean, I love a lot of his stuff, but I want to ask you too, like you are in, you're in so many projects. I wanted to talk to you about what, um, what not what motivates you. I mean, you're a creative person. Um, but like, how, one, I don't know. I don't even know what to ask you. It's like, how do you keep track of it? Why do you do so many things? What do you like about all of them? Like what, you know, <laughs> what sustains you? I mean, cause it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know some things, some things come to the forefront, like right now, you know, you, Kathy Moore superpower trio is like, you've releasing something. Maybe that's the focus right now. You know, the little ships will do something and that's, you know, can you talk about that? Like all the things, and then all the people that ask you to play with them, like, yeah, what the hell is going you know, on? <laughs> I had to, you know, the, the thing that's sort of heartbreaking is I've had to say no to some of my favorite musicians because the commitment would have been too much and I wouldn't be able to do my own thing. Mm, and yeah. I mean that I wouldn't even say who, but that drives me crazy. Like when I'm like, Oh, I really want to play with them so bad. Um, but so I would say the first of all of this was really playing with Thaddeus Turner. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorite musicians in the world. And I've played with yes. him for 11 years. We're going to play on Saturday uh, for live stream. Um, yeah. He is brilliant. I totally want to work with him at some point. I feel like he's yeah. one of the only people who gets my solo shit. <laughs> you have to. Uh, and, you know, he's doing all this stuff with Steve Fisk. Yes, I know. And Steve will tell me, like, Thaddeus loves your record. And I was like, if Thaddeus loves it. I'm good to go. <laughs> you, have, you have to. I mean, I, okay. how that person is not the most famous person. <laughs> right? Okay. I'm going to, I'm maybe between the four of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Just to put and something more on your plate. Together, that's a pretty good. Oh yeah. So um, the, it really started with him um, and he kind of got me into a lot of different places. You know, sometimes you work with someone who like before that I would play and people would like me, but no one was asking me to play with them. And the moment that Thaddeus asked me to play with them, everybody asked me. Yes, to play. So totally got it. That that was the op the opening of it. Social media was the opening of it because all of a sudden people had a way of contacting you easily without having to try to find your number or trying to yeah. find out. Yeah. Everybody knows where you're playing. Everybody knows what you do. They've seen you play guitar on social media or in recording projects. And and um, so I, most of the connections I have are people contacting me on Facebook. Messenger. Totally. Um, and so anyway, I was playing with Thaddeus, which was really great. And then I started having people ask me to play. 
and um, I wasn't doing my own music at all either. Uh, uh-huh. I would kind of write some stuff because I do, but I just stopped writing music. Um, and I really wanted to um, not miss out when people would ask me because, <laughs> you know, like I, I get really excited by other people's creativity and it, mm-hmm. um, I like interacting with other musicians on stage. And so, you know, playing with people like Grace Love and, and R.L. Heyer and oh, you know, yeah. people I think are really brilliant um, has been kind of remarkable. Um, you know, at some point you and I are going to play together, which I'm very Yes. And, powerhouse. <laughs> you know, I, I got to play on Stephanie Johnson's uh, <gasps> solo release. I know. Come on. Oh, my God. That voice. <laughs> I mean, as a singer, I'm just like, yes, she is so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, she's just a fantastic singer. What a great voice and so guitar great. player and songwriter. Yeah, like great. She, all, the whole package. package. Um, and so like when she performs, she makes you feel really good. Like she feel, makes the audience feel connected and she makes you really yeah. feel good about yourself. Um, I yeah. played with Shana on a show that was one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Um, yeah. And uh, another Patrick powerhouse. And, uh, Ruby, you know. Um, so I just don't want to miss out on stuff when I get asked to do it because you learn from playing with other people. And, and if you're playing with like, like uh, right before this happened, uh, Ben Smith, Jeff Builder, myself, Mark Pickerel, we're gonna play a show together. Oh my God. And Mark Pickerel and I were gonna do Iggy Pop, which I was so oh. excited about. And I'm like, oh. I think we got, we had to cancel it like two days out. Oh my God. Oh, no. <laughs> that crazy. Uh, That's a crazy lineup right there. I know. Like, I don't, I, I might have to drink a lot and come see that <laughs> just and, to calm down. <laughs> I know. And Andy Stoller and, um, Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I don't know. I, I think it's, and, and by the way, I think I don't play with more people than RL, like RL plays. And just to say that guy can do everything. He's kind of a freakishly talented human. Yeah. So he's like the Fifth Avenue guy. Yeah. But he's also the play with everybody, be on everyone's album, do it all himself in his home studio. You know, so I think there's also a part of me that when I get around guitar players who I really love to play with guitar players, mm-hmm. um, it just it's that beautiful like, oh, I better get my stuff. I better get yeah. my home recording studio together. I better get my chops up. I better, you know, it's like a really good way to put the fire under you. Yes. That's a great feeling. I mean, because isn't it great to commune with other great musicians, right? Just period. Like everything you're saying, like all those people are just hands down amazing. Um, And you're creating things together, working your craft um, well and making things. I mean, that's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that what art's all about? I mean, um, I think there was, I mean, there was a time where I, I had, I think I stopped, I hadn't really solidified my why, like, why do you do music? Cause I started playing, you know, in, in Hammerbox when I was 23 and I had never been in a band before and it was, you know, the grunge era and it, things went fast yeah. and that could be really lucky, but that doesn't mean I ever stopped to go, well, what do you think, you know, or how are you doing or who else are you or all those kind of things. And I, I don't think I did that until maybe like, post goodness and then finally just naturally had a stopping point and went 
you know, sat down. <laughs> it just was like, uh, you know, kind of maybe a little messed up a little bit, sort of like, well, uh, how are we doing? I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but just over the course of time, you know, spending time, taking time to think about it, um, really understanding that, like for myself, I really needed a why, not just because you can, right? There's a big difference between, well, I can do it, but that tends to be hollow after a while. It's like, well, do you have a why that's true to you? Um, and so my thing is to commune, like just all the things you're saying, like I also enjoy like the being with other musicians, the getting to create, the playing live, the oh, I love recording and learning from other musicians and the, the making of things is I'm, I'm deeply, uh, humbly love that. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a, that's the why. Um, and I just want to see what I can make, right? And things I can do in this lifetime. I mean, I'm not as prolific as yourself and a lot of other people. That's just not how I work, right? I'm very, um, I call myself periodical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just my pace. I have a tendency to like, you know, do a bunch of things and then I need a timeout. And I, I'm also a mom too, you know, I have a 12-year-old and, I, uh, you know, I'm, married and I work and I do I, so but I like that balance those are chosen things yeah. that's that's not a hindrance like I chose those things on purpose yeah. um and that's just how I work right like I need time out I need to step away I'm trying to figure out the balance of like don't step away too long well, that's, <laughs> because yeah. you know do you ever do that do you ever get like do you ever cool. feel like well if I step away too long I'm gonna lose touch with it and then I'm gonna get a little complacent and I might sit down I, I can do that well, so um, the reason I stopped playing jazz is I had started drinking too much. Uh, and oh, really? <laughs> I have like really happy body chemistry. It's just like that. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of lucked out. What I tend to go to is anxiety sometimes, yes. but yeah. I have happy body chemistry. But, um, but I had developed a bit of a drinking problem. And so I stopped going out for five years and stopped playing music. Like I stopped, I, I, wow. I was almost done. And, and uh, got brought back by playing rock and roll. And um, surprisingly, that rock and roll did not attempt me to drink. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that innocent, sweet rock and roll where I scream and look like I'm playing for books on stage. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you know better because you've been through that yeah. moment where you took a moment to pause. And I mean, I completely understand that. I think... Um, I, yeah, I think I've been through some of that too. I think it's easy to turn to drink for, uh, su surprisingly other reasons too. Like it's you know, being a mom or being all these things yeah. or getting too busy, right? You can, uh, you know, our, our world promotes alcohol and yeah. a, mm -hmm. heavy duty to women as well. Um, and so surprisingly or not surprisingly, it can be fairly easy to develop a alcohol abuse problem, right? Like, yeah. or, or go well, to you're having fun. Right, right. Yeah. When, and when you get too busy, you're like, well, that's the only fun I can get pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like I'm, or it takes the edge off. Um, like I'm so busy. I need a summer vacation. And the only place I can find it is in this ball of rosé. <laughs> 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 so let's go. But I do, I get the same thing too. I get massive anxiety. I had, um, a chronic panic and anxiety around 2005. And so, um, took medication and it helped a lot, um, just to, calm that down uh but then also pulled back from like sugar and alcohol and things like that yeah. um but 
And it also makes me, I don't know about you, but like, it also makes me ultimately kind of agoraphobic. <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I can't wrestle with the anxiety and then go out and pretend that I'm okay. Yeah. I, um, you know, I didn't realize that one thing that alcohol gave me was the ability to socialize. And so, um, and I don't understand it at all. Like sometimes it's super easy for me to socialize, but mostly mm-hmm. if I go to a party I'm so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. And I could talk to all of those people in one-on-one or bands or whatever. It's something about all these people together is overstimulating yeah. or something. Totally. Um, yep. And so when I, I will say when I was drinking, I was the life of the party, or at least I thought I was. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, ah, you know, whatever you do when you're. Yeah. Uh, we, but, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, um, Every moment of not drinking has been a complete joy for me. Yeah. And I realized that um, I didn't actually like it that much. And I didn't do it for very long. I think I recognized yeah. right away that I did it differently. So I was able to pull back. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's nice to know that you don't need it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I quit that... drinking quite a few years ago and it's it's been great <laughs> health wise yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that, Ryan. So, like, yeah. So that's like really good to hear, and I think that's good to say out loud for other people because I think people can be surprised at at how easy it is to fall into that pattern, and it's mm-hmm. for not extraordinary reasons, yeah. really. Yeah. It could just be the accumulated pileup. Like, I never turned to alcohol when I was in bands ever. I mean, I could be going. That's one thing I noticed. I was like, I could have. And had gone through like terrible breakups, like that are, you know, those moments that are really hard. It never crossed my mind to like go to a bar. But when I got married, had a kid, was working corporate, I think when I had placed myself very far away from the artistic half of myself, that was hard. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know it at the time, but I was really lost. Yeah. Um, And so, and tired, (laughs) you know, like kids are. God bless my son. Everybody knows. Everybody who has kids knows that's a fatigue that will F you up over over years. Um, but, and I didn't know how to, um, I think I was just doing things that weren't myself. I, can't, I don't regret them like working corporate, you know what I mean? Um, and there just was kind of a, that's a different situation. And, and I also, and I was going to, I don't know if you've ever been through this, just you're saying about going to parties. It dawned on me for the first time, you know, my family moved to Minneapolis. It was the first time I ever had to make friends because uh, I hadn't realized that during bands, I mean, at a young age, like I didn't have to try yeah. at all. Like there was always a group of people, friends, friends around, you know, like, and people wanted to talk to me. So that was never something I had to do. Until I had like a kid moved away and we didn't know anybody. And I felt that was so exhausting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I know it sounds maybe egotistical, but I, I'm, I mean it circumstantially. Like, yeah. oh, I, I didn't have to make an effort here and now I do. And I don't know quite how to do that. And it's, you know, one more exhausting thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it would, was difficult before quarantine before yeah. computers, before, you know, um, yeah. so when I was in my twenties, you just always have friends because you're always hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. Good point. And I, 
am zero hanging out because the reason too is that I'm out <laughs> before quarantine. I was out rehearsing all the time. I was out playing gigs. I would be out till three in the morning, and so and I was teaching all the time. So I didn't right. want to hang out. That wasn't fun. I went to sleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Good for that. Totally makes sense. I think people forget that like doing music is work too. Yeah. The the work that it takes to then put that show on or make that record or, um, you know, send out merch of which I would like to mention, you have killer t-shirts. Like I see that you have the, you have some of the best designs. Um, and I love the pictures with people wearing the shirts too. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, oh, you know? Yeah. I love it. I, um, whenever I get one, I get so excited and, um, I, I'm going to ask them if I can put it on my website, you know, the, all the people in t-shirts. I just, I just love it. I think it's so wonderful. Like a cork board. You could have like a map to like where they all live oh. and then put their picture by where they live. And then you can get a perspective of like where all your fans are. That would be really cool too. Cause I would imagine cool. I had, I had to send some to Ireland and Scotland. And stuff <gasps> See, and it was super exciting for me. Yeah. In my little Ex life. No, I love that. I love yeah. that. Well, what's the, so talk about your latest release too. Yeah. With your, with the trio and everything. So, um, I was performing this music, um, as a solo thing. Um, and I would do loops and then I would sing loops over it and play solos and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I had a combination of, of, um, piano and guitar. Um, and then I, was asked to do a performance and I hadn't done a performance of my original music. And so I asked Faith and Alyssa to do it. And the moment we played together, it was so magical. Like, oh, nice. you know how, when you get together, if you're three of you, it can feel like there's four of you, which is the three of you together is the yeah. thing. Um, and that's what happened. And I have videos of it. Like it, you can hear it in the video, you know, often camera phone videos are, are not great at capturing what happened and somehow it captured this energy um, oh that's nice. cool yeah. so we played one show of a few songs and then i went to scotland to do the edinburgh fringe fest with the theater show and oh, then wow. when i came back we went and recorded that music so it wasn't like we'd been playing together or practicing or anything i mean it just was that's awesome yeah and then uh, we did a really great gig at the beginning of the year with um, No Baby and, um, and oh my God, why am I forgetting? I'm forgetting the name of one of my favorite bands, but I'll... I'll Don't you love that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was one of my, it was this great show, a lot of cool people in the audience. Um, and I was like, man, this band is just super magical. Um, and it kind of combines a lot of things I love. I like loud hard rock mixed mm -hmm. with kind of quite beautiful things but i like improv and how the uh, um it can surprise you or shock you while you're performing into some new ideas yeah um and that band is really good at doing it all you know so it's been very exciting so we've played several shows we just did a high dive live stream um and we've been releasing videos i did the first video yeah Basically, where I set my head on fire through every uh, image. <laughs> <laughs> like you see, Faith looking beautiful and Alyssa looking beautiful, and my, you know, hair's on. <laughs> um, what are you trying then, to say, Kathy? No. <laughs> and then um, uh, the second one was uh, my friend Allison. She danced and did all the stuff to Bad Days Coming. She oh, yeah, yeah. So incredible. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I guess that's what we do now is we. Yeah. 
we'll just release song by song. How, now, how was it playing at the high dive? So given, given the current state, there's, you know, folks are playing live streaming shows there at Nectar um, and other places or in their homes. What'd that feel like? Man, that was great. Uh, okay. The high dive was great because, um, first of all, they had this, they had all of this gear so that the videos were as high quality as it could be. Like, okay. there was video cameras everywhere and someone was nice. editing mm-hmm. as it went. And, um, and then the, someone was writing the soundboard and they mic'd it perfectly. And um, so I feel like that made it possible for us to, it was going to be as good as we performed it. And yeah. Uh, the cool thing about this band is it's really easy to perform that album without ever stopping. And so we actually played for 45 minutes without stopping. And, um, and then we did a few things at the end, uh, like Faith tap dancing, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Faith. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, uh, you know, I think I've noticed when I watch live streams that people will stop and feel awkward that there's no one there applauding. Yeah, yeah. You're in a, and I don't have to do that. And I actually, you know, I learned that from Thadalak. Um, uh, you know, you don't have to stop. Right. Because yeah. It's the, you don't want to stop that. That energy is like this. You don't want to just go. Yeah. I love the idea of like even a hanging note in between, right? Like, so the theater piece is not ended yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're, you're on a journey and this, you know, yeah, yeah, tell the audience not know, to applaud. The right. noise is happening. You know, Greta, right? Yeah. So, um, when we did her album, we did a, we did a live performance that she orchestrated. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, she actually said at the beginning, she goes, can you hold your applause till the end? of the show because mm-hmm. it was actually a work mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. You know, is that what you did at the high dive? Is no. that you? Okay. No, at the high dive, I just didn't stop because you know that I might do that. If there was an audience, not stop that, that the album's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get, I feel like, I don't know if you felt this way, but I would imagine then you get to stay in your world, you know, yeah, your music world, like, and you can, it doesn't matter if anybody's there or not. Yeah. Um, Cause you're just, you know, in it, that kind of stuff. Oh, what are you guys going to, so you guys have the new release, right? Yeah. Is, are you guys going to do record more things like. Yeah. I mean, Oh, well, okay. So I have made this quarantine a big project for myself of how many things that I can learn that are practical. Mm-hmm. So oh, cool. beyond kimchi, which was also very, practical, <laughs> but, um, very useful. I, <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm and learning delicious. um i talked to floyd Ritzma yesterday um i've been talking to don gunn and i've been talking to thaddeus about recording uh-huh um and i've been recording all these projects so i'm learning how to record by recording i'm i'm throwing myself into the fire and Good for you mistakes and writing down the problems and then having people help me sort through how to solve them you know nice um and but I had a really great conversation with Floyd yesterday about amps, miking amps and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and then a lot of things. So um, it's now I can send tracks out. You know, I do some like commercial stuff. So now I can send tracks out for that. Nice. Um, I did a Mike Squires thing and I sent a track Aww. for that. And um, so, you know. I should have known it before quarantine, but I never had to. <laughs> so I didn't. I was 
spending time practicing guitar, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and it's been really great. Learning how to record is really great for if you arrange stuff, flesh yeah. that out. So you put it, you put it down and you go, this works, this doesn't work. Right. Um, you know, I think that I'm an editor, but um, I don't know. I'm developing that, meaning, you know, if you put down a lot of content, you actually have to go through and say, yes, no, yes, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a fun tool to work with because, like, you have a lot of control. Surprising. Yeah. 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 I mean, also you have independence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love independence. I really appreciate that you're able to do that. And do you feel like that's your nature to be able to break, you know, like learning the guitar and um, learning recording, like to break things down and learn them. Like I would, I get overwhelmed really easy and then I get mad. Cause I don't think I, like I, this is probably way back from childhood, right? Just um, not knowing how to like, just break it down one step at a time in order to not get overwhelmed with like the frustration or, um, over overwhelm right of not knowing how to do something does that come naturally to you to just break a problem down and learn it and you enjoy it i think i built it so okay um uh probably through some circumstantial stuff like uh you know i've mentioned before that when i was a kid we kept moving so i would get bullied a lot oh okay and, i didn't know that uh, yeah and uh we were poor but like mm -hmm. a really happy loving family so i had nice. a good family um, but you know, my parents worked really hard to provide as parents do. And, um, and so we kept moving to these small towns in the Midwest, which, you know, I, everyone got bullied. I just was one of yeah. the people that like, it was just bullying 90% of the time and then 10% of the time, like yeah, something else. And, um, so the great thing, I, now I'm actually really happy that that happened to me, which I shouldn't say, but the reason is I never had to be normal. And I never had to fulfill expectations. Oh. And so I um, I could play guitar, which was a really weird thing for girls to do at right. the time. And okay. so I think that like that was part of it. And then I think the other part was, um, you know, when I was in high school, things came easy to me like singing or whatever, you know, meaning mm -hmm. that in high school, you could just be in the musical or, or whatever. If you were the only person that could really sing, you, you got the musical. Right. Um, when I went to college and realized how much everyone else had practiced compared to me, <laughs> it got my ass handed to me. Like, I, I've had my ass handed to me several times. And so that is what motivates me. Got it. In a good way. Just like, yeah. Oh, whoa. Okay. I better get, I better get to the woodshed yeah. and practice. And, and then I also realized after high school that you could learn anything by going into the library. And, oh. And so that was, I would go read philosophy books and stuff like that. And, and I'm not like, I, I'll have friends say, Oh yeah, I was reading Shakespeare when I was four. I was not, I don't right. think like I was not an intellectual kid at all in any way. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that I didn't have to feel like I couldn't do it. Right. That I could teach myself and learn from people that knew yeah, uh, that that was the motivation. And so um, I try to bring that to my students, like self-learn as well as taking from me. Yeah. Well, I love that you have like I love that line you just said, like, I didn't have to be normal. Like that was 
fascinating to me when you said that. I was like, oh, that's so interesting, that stance. Like I always try and put things on, like put myself in your shoes. Like there is a gift in that. Where you're like, well, if all of normal is just being assholes, and so that drives me over to my, I was like, I don't, then I don't, that's what I got, and I don't have to be like you. And then there's some freedom in that, right? Yeah. And and so, shitty things have gifts in them as well. But also, like the library, like what's free and accessible to anybody, like the, the possibilities, like that's at your fingertips. If you want to go get a book on how to record, like that's within your grasp to yeah. do and learn. And, you know, that's, that's amazing to know. Yeah. We're in this amazing time where if I say, okay, I'm going to learn logic, then I, obviously I can talk to my friends who are experts Mm -hmm. um, and they'll teach me different things, you know, but then I can go to YouTube clips and just watch a bunch of YouTube clips and like say, okay, today I'm going to learn about uh, um, automating volume. Right. Just you know, yep. sit there and know that the other thing that's important to know is when you go to learn something, um, you don't just hear it and go, oh, know what I know, automating volume, everyone, I'm an expert. Hard <laughs> it could take like months, years, you know. Yeah. I mean, Do you settle into that? Do you also have patience for like, look, this is the long game and relax and it's your life. Yeah. It's not like you're waiting for tomorrow to happen. You're like, this is the life. Yeah, I mean, because you get to do fun things along the way. It's not like yeah. your life is this miserable sludge trying to get to the end goal of automatic right. volume. You know, like in the meantime, I'm recording. I already put out something that I recorded by myself um, and made a video for it. For And, and um, I'm going to put out this little thing. I did um, five songs from Radiohead Kid A. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Where I did it myself and... And I'm going to put that out. And, you know, like, it's just, um, have you ever seen those videos where somebody um, learns how to play the violin and they take a video of it every day? And then there's day one. And then like two years later, you go, oh, huh. That person learned how to play the violin. I've seen people do who are like with their drawing techniques or painting. And it's really fun because you're like, oh, it's like they know nothing. And then five years later, you're like, okay, wow, you're a master now. You know, it's inspiring. Yeah, it's That's really cool. cool to see that process and, and to know that it is a pro like all this stuff is just work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just I'm, get better if you keep doing it. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to take that back to the guitar, I think. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I am not a lover of the guitar. I play the guitar for independent reasons, but but I feel the difference when I've had to play shows a lot or practice. Like I feel that, you know, like I could feel, oh, this got easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like going in between chords or doing a thing or whatever. Um, I'm not l- ever looking to be complex, but I do appreciate, I probably should appreciate more. Like if you played this, it would be easier, you know, and you could enjoy it. Therefore, enjoy it, not add a struggle to performing live singing and playing it. You know, you, you give yourself some relief when you practice and get better at something. Yeah, I think that um, guitar because I used to teach a school of rock and I noticed that guitar was the hardest one to pick up. Mm. Um, yeah. Once you kind of have some ability, once your hands can stretch yeah. weird shapes and you get over the pain and all that, um, and you can switch between things and do bar chords or whatever, um, then some of it becomes easier than other instruments. Um, right. Like playing in different keys. Mm-hmm. And- oh, okay. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, I feel like <laughs> I've, 
built a, a musical world around myself that's super simple. Like, and like I'll, I'll tell people if, if I do a songwriting class, which is mostly about lyrics, I'll be like, I wrote probably five of my first songs and goodness songs on the, on the E string. <laughs> like all you need that's is the E string. You know what I mean? If you can sing or have melody or whatever. And I think rhythmically. So like, I like if, if there's a drummer, I could write eight, a lot of songs, right? So if there's a pattern that triggers a lot of, triggers me a lot into ideas. Um, so the, but I also, again, being a singer, I'm not looking for the, when I'm writing for myself, I'm not looking for the guitar to be complex. I'm looking for it to hold basic structure yeah, and the rest will get filled in with the band members who do play that really well. And that's okay. That's, that's just how I work. That's okay with yeah. me. Well, um, that's important because everyone has to find how they are creative and then go to it. Like what we were talking about before, Kate Bush will put out an album oh, every yeah. 10 years. I mean, mm -hmm. she had a time where she put out more, but mm -hmm. it, it takes her a long time to construct it. And Peter Gabriel takes a long time and uh, D'Angelo. And those are three of my favorite musicians of all yeah. time. And then there are other people like other people I love, like Neil Young, it has to be the first take. Lenny Kravitz, it's the first take. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I'm kind of like that. Like, I'm a usually yeah. a first take person because the energy has to be. Yes. Um, totally. I don't know how you are in the studio with that. Um, it takes me, I would say it takes me like three passes to get in my body mm. uh, and then get into the vocal. Um, character for the storytelling not like fakey but like it, it is some of that like all like how do you want to sing this like who's the it's not like who's the character in this but the it's like acting right like how do you want to portray this song and that takes me a good um three or four or five takes right like just to get three definitely to like get in my body and then um, forget about the microphone or whatever. And it's not that awkward, but I can tell, like um, Steve's worked with me a lot. John Goodmanson's I've worked with a lot. Like they know me well um, because it's sort of like, well, I can sing well. If you just want me to do a take, like I'm on key, I can do that or whatever. But if you want the little things that are about like m me getting into my body enough to be like, hold back here or don't sing so hard, sing less here or, you know, um, quiet it here or allow for whatever phlegm is in your voice or um i look at all of that stuff like all of the because i can hear the minute i'm like dead you know what i mean yeah like someone had asked me about Aunt goodness the anthem record and they'll let, and then they like the record and i like the record too but i can tell because we had to record that record twice for love atlantic i can tell that the second time i can tell the like burnout like because there isn't the, like you're saying there isn't the like yeah you know like that spark yeah yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I, I can sing well but i'm tired <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing like i i get diminished returns if i try to do like i've had you know that's why i like to work with floyd and don gun uh there's a few people i work with and i'm sure that steve like i would love to work with steve i'm sure that would be the same thing barrett jones uh, yeah barrett jones actually got one of the best performances out of me because i was struggling and usually I can do like guitar stuff in a take, uh, but I was really struggling for some reason with this song. And I, and he was just sitting in the room and I came out and he goes, um, stop being Jimi Hendrix. And oh, wow. uh, 
think melodically. I mean, it's just like, right on. You know, sure. And it was just, I, I don't, he, what he meant was like, don't try to make an epic psychedelic mm -hmm. solo. Mm -hmm. uh, it, for this song, don't do that. Yeah, stop don't, being so good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, be, be melodic. And yeah. literally, when he said that, I felt like a light bulb went on my head and I knew exactly what I was going to play. And it's my favorite solo on that song. So sometimes you need that person that's like, yeah. That will shake you out of your, uh, I don't know, complacency. That's not what yeah. it is, but uh, whatever. Could be habits. Could be anything, right? Or your, your lofty, um, or this bigger idea of like what good guitar playing or yeah. even singing sounds like. But what, what maybe I think Barrett was also like play to the song. Yes, mm. that's it. Right, play to the song, sing to the song. When when Goodness did their first record. Um, coming off of like Hammerbox, which was, whoa, you know, like John and I, he worked with me. We were, t the whole record is like, sing less. <laughs> like w the whole time it was like, sing less, talk, sing. Like I wanted that. I was like, I, I need to, I want to sing different. I want to sing less because I don't, not everything has to be like that. You know, like it's sing. There's got to be some other character. There's got to be some other side to me. <laughs> like, and I yeah. want to do some because I would hear other artists who weren't like perfect singers, but their takes were awesome. Like they just their character, their the way they sang was realer. Um, it just was a different thing. And I was like, I want to be able to do that. And so it was a lot of like sing less, talk, sing like um, smoking is like all trying to. You know, he takes where he's like, sing less, like every take, sing less, where I'm literally learning how to sing and kind of just talk. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, <laughs> you know, they, t um, I read this one thing that they actually, on one album, they told Ann Wilson to sing less, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. And, and, you know, Ann Wilson, but she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that, it is interesting if you listen to her too, like, um, sometimes she is talking, you yeah. Be, well, it helps you come through more. That's what I have found. Um, da Nuke, Danny Newcomb and I were talking. So, you know, his latest release is super intimate. Mm -hmm. um, and we, for a while, were playing a bunch of shows together um, acoustically. And, um, you know, that's I, I, I always said I was super impressed and proud of him for for going from being a guitar player to guitar player and singer yeah. like. Um, even Harris from Hammerbox, like I'm, I'm like that's a big deal. That's, that's scary. And so, Danny and I, I think through, I mean, you know, because we're friends, yeah. um, we have talked through his, you know, over the course of him making these records, and he very specifically, like we would do these acoustic shows. Uh, and he would say, wow, people, and I, I was really flattered, but he's like, people really respond to you. And I said, well, uh, I said, well, one, thank you. But, um, but I said, well, I think they respond because they're getting me like yeah. I'm giving them me like that's yeah. what I like about music. Right. So I said we kind of got into a like sing less, like tell your story. I'm like, when you write a song, what do you who are you like? Yeah. Why did you write that? Like you give a little give more of yourself, put but more you of yourself out there both because you have one of the great voices in Seattle. Oh, thank you. And you can be yourself and. And you can work with this dynamicness of how you approach singing, which is not just one way, right? 
Right. Um, and I, I think that's really important because think about all your favorite singers. A yeah. lot of them don't have the best voices or mm -hmm. right. I, mean, I don't want to say Neil Young doesn't have the best voice, but I didn't realize that people didn't like Neil Young's voice because I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess some people don't like his voice. Um, but talk about, you know, someone who could express themselves. You yeah, know. because it's Neil Young, right? Like it, yeah. it was like you just want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, it's yeah. his, you know, his poetry, his songwriting, and all that, and and you want him. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of like like Tom Waits for that, right? right. Like right. Tom Waits really early on. Like I, I remember like I uh, couldn't understand a damn thing he was saying. Like that was weird. I saw <laughs> Big Time, the movie Big Time, he did, and I had spent. Um, I was twenty two. Maybe it was 22. Anyways, I had spent a year in France, right? Like just wow. being in, I wanted to learn to speak French. And so I came back when I'd been away from the States, went and saw that movie. So coming back to American and then going and seeing Tom Waits, like I literally was like, I can't, I don't even know what he's saying. Like, so like, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> well, I can't understand him because just all his gravel, but, but I like his style. Like it's an experimentation. I just want him. Yeah. Yeah. Think, Do you think people feel that way about Dylan? Yes. Uh, yeah. I was going to say like Bob Dylan, but the same thing like with Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah. like he didn't even want to sing from what I remember reading. Like he hated his own voice. And I think it was Bob Dylan that inspired him to basically like, Oh, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but there's an age too where Bob Dylan, I think I went, <laughs> it's probably sacrilege. So nobody kill me. Um, I, I went to see Bob Dylan cause there, I know so many people are huge Bob Dylan fans and, I mean, I appreciate Bob Dylan, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm more of a Kate Bush fan. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went and saw him and I literally got up and left like oh. halfway. Cause I'm also a singer and I'm a, I'm a yeah. lyric listener and I'm like, I can't fucking understand one damn word he's singing <laughs> and if God bless you, but I'm out. <laughs> but what, what decade was it though? Because you know, he, um, he was towards the end of his, um, alcoholism and stuff. He was oh. putting on really garbage performances. I, sorry, okay. Charlotte, I love you. Um, yeah. But Time Out of Mind is when he got sober and came out with one of the great albums of all time, probably my favorite album of his. And also it like changed how people were performing, like more organ was coming back into bands and stuff like that. I want to say it was OK, because he played at the Paramount, like Garth was there, all the people like I think Chris Friel. When was that? We were, were recording with Brad. um what year was that? 2001, maybe? Mm. I'm trying to think now if it was that. Yeah, that might that might have been the tail end of. Uh, Could be. Alcohol. He was he I couldn't. Nope. I was <laughs> like, he was I couldn't understand a damn thing. And I'm a listener like I listen hard. <laughs> I was like and I know he's a, it's a great you know it's like a, a moment right you're seeing Dylan but I get pissed I have also left um a Fiona Apple show and I love Fiona Apple I think she's an amazing songwriter but like, this is just my crap that I can't take like her she's so nervous on stage and so awkward and so self-deprecating that it just got in the way and I and I don't know why I'm have to think about this I guess it just triggered maybe my um, it, it felt irresponsible and I'm not mm -hmm. judgy like that. I'm not really ever judgy about the show must go on or whatever, but I also thought it was fucking annoying, like immature. Yeah. I just, my pragmatic side was like, for God's sakes. And I got up and left. I just was like, you gotta fucking be kidding me. Like get your shit together. 
You got to Sometimes like they just that. have bad shows. It does happen. Well, there, there's that. I've seen that before. I, I get it. In a show that might have been good, but I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I won't say who. But one cool thing that happened was I got to see Cat Power when she sobered. <gasps> And you know, and I love her. I love her. She used to perform famously, and so did Elliot Smith, where they leave the stage. Yes. Oh, no. Elliot Smith played the croc one time, got halfway through a song and stopped. And because we had been on a tour, I remember it was like knee jerk. I was like, Elliot from like the back of the room. (laughs) Because I'm like a mom. I swear I have an inner mom that's like, you got to be kidding me, Elliot. And he's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh. Yeah, um, you know, one thing I have to say about Thaddeus Turner again that's always really impressive to me um, is that when we have really good shows, when our shows are really uh, tight, not just the music but the whole performance, he performs with every part of his being. Like, it's not just that he's a great guitar player and pianist and whatever, songwriter. It's that he actually puts on a performance, and he and his brother do dance moves that... um, See, you know, they've been doing this uh-huh, yeah. before. And, wow. Um, you know, every once in a while they'll stand on the other side of me and I spend dancing. I'm like, well, I should try to pretend I can dance. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good yeah. job. Yeah. But, you know, but I think if you're just someone who really enjoys like the well done thing, yeah. um, you know, you want that. I mean, every, I, I understand every, it's not my place to judge or whatever, but I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. Well, you know, like- that, I think that sometimes I don't want to put a lot of time. I don't ever want to be cruel to anyone or sure. that. Like, that's not interesting to me. But sometimes I don't want to put if it's like a big famous person and they don't see me. I don't want to put a lot of my energy into something that I think is like not yes. great because it's soul sucking a little bit. So especially yeah. if you love someone. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw... Uh, by the way, I love They Might Be Giants, so this is not... That's nice. Cool to see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I saw them on the last show of their tour, and you could tell they were like, and... And... See everyone. This is a bummer. Like, I really wanted to see them. You know, this is like decades ago. And it wasn't that... I'm sure they've put on a zillion great shows or whatever, but that was kind of a bummer. And so I'm like... You know, do you want to sit through that necessarily? But on the other hand, I guess you could learn something about what happens to even bands you really like if they're just yeah. tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you do you ever feel like like I guess hmm, I I like excellence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I am not. I am far from being like anal retentive. I'm annoying. Like you know, free, like but what I do respond to is. A, a bit of striving for excellence and being good. Like I remember yeah. when Hammerbox was playing, um, I did really like that everyone's mindset was you better be good because there's a lot of bands out there. And especially in a small town, right? Like when I, um, uh, when, right when that band formed and all of us weren't from Seattle, we were one of those all transplant kind of bands but i had roomed with like nils bernstein who was the head of like pr for sub pop charles peterson was my roommate you know like i mean it was a small town yeah um and so i remember one of our first shows was gonna be at oh god what was this club it wasn't the vogue on first avenue i always forget the name of it anywho we were gonna play this show and i knew 
Nils and all the people were going to be at the show. And I remember looking at Harris going, if we aren't good, we're fucked. (laughs) 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 Like we got this, like, just because at the time it wasn't, you know, it hadn't exploded yet. So it was the small town. You're like, if these people don't like us, we're going to be dead in the water. You know what I mean? Or if they don't, if, if we're not good enough and these are all music files, like they, you know, Nils had a record store. I mean, these were deep lovers of music. Um, and so that was kind of, I, I liked that we were all, we were at least trying to strive to be really good at what we are and, and competitive in the way that I think was healthy, sort of like, yeah. <laughs> this is maybe it's terrible to admit, but like, you know, I want to play a show and kick the ass out of the other band kind of in terms of yeah. being good. Like, great. I want to play with you, get an audience. Can't wait to take them all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's like the good competition because they're doing that for you and it's, it's good natured, right? It's, it's, yeah. everyone is, everyone is pushing everyone to their best performance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like excellence. And by the way, I like a lot of really good caveman, simple, punk yeah love it especially if it comes from a place of uh, original creativity yeah. i always use the ramones as an example for that but it could be you know name name it yeah but, um i really want to i want to go home and feel like i need to um work on something or transcribe because i've seen something and that yeah. doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. uh it does in my like my sea monster world and my royal room world and you know obviously oh, yeah. it does in those worlds where those people uh, are like a lot of times you go see someone playing the guitar and just taking it to a new place sonically or you know yeah. and that's really like if you go see Nels Klein for instance who's yes. the rail room you're uh-huh. gonna go home and practice all night long yeah you know if you go see Bill Frizzell you're gonna go practice and see if there's something in you that feels as original as he is all the time in every moment um and that's thrilling so I I want right? to see things that make me want to go home and practice and what it could make me want to practice is performance or um lyric writing right like when you i'm curious for you um i have a couple things i do about lyrics but what when you're writing lyrics how, do you have a process or um uh, they, i they i'm a very intuitive writer like it comes out of me and the, my stuff is personal right like it's it's my way of healing um and so certain songs will just come out like blah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that magic. Like I, I get, I purposely get out of the way. Like I will do something very basic on guitar in order to like trigger that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there'll usually be something emotional I'm going through anyway and something needs to come out. And so I'm enough of a listener, pop listener, even a radio listener where, uh, and that's what I did originally in Hammerbox was listen to melody, get true, you know, and then write lyrics and sing, you know, create the vocal melody. So I'm used to listening that way. So when I write, I'll get a basic on piano or a guitar and that will trigger things will start coming out. Um, And I'm mystified by some of it. I love that because it's my own personal healing and art. Uh, That's just that. I mean, I, I don't even know if it's that, I mean, there's certain things I get stuck on, you know, where I get stuck is like, I'll get partial idea and then go back and be like, well, what's this song all about? And if I don't know, I'm not hot at going, um, we'll complete the story and write the thing. If it didn't emotionally come out of me, like, you know, people write songs for other people or write hits or they do, you know, constructed things. I'm not great at that. Like, 
uh, like I have a couple, I have a couple unfinished songs where I'm like, if the fuel is the emotion. So if I'm like, well, I've got a general idea that this song is about like a young girl on the verge of 19 and you know, on this, <laughs> just 17 or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's kind of about this and some of it came out and then I go to revisit it. I struggle harder there because where this, where that info is coming from is not like necessarily gut and emotion. I'll, I'll have to spend time on it and think about it. And then that's harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's more work for me. Well, I think that's like a whole other world too. Like once again, back to Stephanie Johnson, I, I mm -hmm. think that she actually could have a career going to writing music for people and she wants to do it. Oh, cool. And I think that you could too, if you were going on that path and, and doing it, um, mm -hmm. When, when I write music, because I like to write in lots of different styles so that mm -hmm. I, um, it helps me not get bored. Like, uh, I don't want to sound like I have attention deficit cause it, because I do so much. No, you're just super creative. I just like to, I, it's exciting to be like, oh, okay, now I'm going to do this really, like I did a whole series of psychedelic guitar songs last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And I, I listened to Kurt Vile and I listened to Neil Young and I listened to people I think of as psychedelic Um and so I can write now, I wrote a song for Dolly Parton and I, in my head, but, yeah. it, but it's a song, it's fleshed out if mm -hmm. I could ever send it to her and she would perform it. Um, but so that helps me to write in different styles if I think of the person in my mind. Like I wrote a song for Al Green. Um, I wrote a song for Chelsea cool. Wolf. You know, I, I just, I'll be like, oh, what would be, what would this be like if I wrote oh. this song for Chelsea Wolf? And that really helps me to get into the head. Like, cause you write, I think the reason you feel that way is you write these personal songs for yourself, but mm -hmm. these songs would sound really great if other people sung them. So, oh, I, I feel that way about a lot of goodness stuff where yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'd love a lot of stuff could like on the verge of country, like, Oh, I'd love to see Carrie Underwood sing this song or somebody else. Like, well, there's at least five to 10 songs where I'm like, I'd love to hear somebody in country sing this because it's pop. It's on yeah. that pop. It could lean into that direction really easy. Um, yeah, I would love that. I like, I really want to produce people vocally. Like I would love to be, I I'm really interested in say going in the studio, uh, like Kim Byron and I have talked about that. Oh my um, or mirror gloss, the women in mirror gloss. We've talked about that. Um, yeah. I would love the chance to go in and work with a vocalist for a lot of reasons. One, um, like Julie and I did yes, on right. her last recording one to give a f women, especially, um, a, a buddy and not, not everybody needs this, but I'm like a buddy and support to say, hell yeah, you can do that. Or like, what's yeah. your opinion? You know, like just, there's that. And then also just to explore different things they could do with their voices, as long as it remains natural to them. Right. Like I'm not really look. I'm not looking to step on someone's, uh, original creativity. That's, that's not my place, but right. I could offer the opportunity to say, what about trying it this way? Or what if you opened your mouth up or what, do, you know, can we get, get, what would it sound like if we did it this way? What would it work for this story? Or, you know, there's just the different ways I look at like songs for, so I I'm fascinated by that. Like I would love to do that um, without again, treading on anyone. I mean, I, I guess I would say that way up front. I'd be like, here's what I offer. Should you not, you know, if it gets to be too much and you don't want it, you just say no. You know what? Sean Smith wanted to do that. He uh, wanted to be a producer. Yeah. And he was really good. He was really great to work with in the studio. Um, I got a lot of cool performances 
playing for him because nice he will tell you exactly what he wants and what he doesn't want you know yeah yeah um and he can hear he hears the this whole world so um, i think that's actually really great it's the same thing that i said about barrett jones right He's yeah saying that and like um actually both floyd and don are that for me where i can floyd is really great where i can be like uh what if i try this on the piano, uh, play the piano with the ukulele. He'll be like, yeah, hey, go try it. You know, I mean, he's really good at, and then being like, yes, it worked. It did not work. So we can quickly move through things. Yes. Because yeah. it's expensive to be in a studio. And, w- and with Floyd, I, I had one day where I was recording for the first Little Ships and everything I did on that first album, mm-hmm. I did in a four hour period. And there was a couple things I did in there that I layered all this guitar looping stuff underneath the song. And oh, cool. I did yeah. it fast because... Floyd was like, yes, no, yes, no, and gave, and made the sound so clear to me that I could do that. Um, and yeah. I have other experience. And then Don is always like that, where I can just, that whole Catherine Mar Super Trio thing happened within a day. And Nice. Yeah. You know, he's just really easy to work with and is good at saying yes or no. Editing in real time, right? So that yeah. can, because... You know, it's it's expensive to be in a studio, and so you have to get the best that you can. And so if you're there helping people to get the best that they can, mm-hmm. um, I think that's so important. It is so great to be around smart, smart people yeah. who are experienced. I mean, I love being with a good teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love a good teacher, right? Like just mm-hmm. who, you're right, can cut to the chase, but also be giving you smart, thoughtful feedback for tries and attempts um that's a gift that's a gift to be with a really good um teacher experienced teacher because you're getting good stuff you're not just you know random getting um thoughtless input you know what i mean like you know the difference when someone's like dude can you play or whatever you're like that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard like what do you even mean by that get out of here like (laughs) a good teacher is not like hey you should suck less (laughs) yeah like great that tells me a lot (laughs) well and i think that's the thing like uh, all those people if you think about sound engineers for instance they probably all interned with someone who was great and had some sort of unconventional like they would just show up at the studio and and mic drums all day or you know whatever yeah um and so I think that like give providing that for people is really important. And then re- recognizing that as a human, that we're learning our whole life, that you want to do that yourself too. So you mm-hmm. keep filling yourself with new information. Um, and, you know, one of my fantasies about, so I'm learning recording and I'm fleshing out some arrangement things by doing that. And then I'm also been transcribing all, like I've been doing this stuff where I, I just transcribed, the end of Hotel California and played both solos and tried to make them sound different from each other. Nice. So that was really fun. And I put uh-huh. the piano and everything uh, underneath it. So I've been doing stuff like that too. Like, why does this sound like this and that sound like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what I'm hoping, I, I have a fantasy um, of, have you ever seen the videos of Childish Gambino where there's a guy from Sweden who, um, so Childish Gambino brings his music and then the guy from Sweden plays all these instruments on it. And no. then there's this Childish Gambino album. Um, and no. Now we're going to have to have a link to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And yes. I'm like, that's, that's the cool thing is to just sit there and be like, okay, here's all the 
here's the stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yes. And I said, dude, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get really excited about it. Yes. I'm telling you, like, that's the thing like I love to do on. Uh, so like Steve did uh, my third solo record. Right. Like, and I literally was like, here's the music. Like it was Pickerel played on that Johnny Sangster. I think Jared Clifton's on it. Like, but I literally like, I think the guitar playing, I wasn't even there. Cause I was just like, you know, I was like here and he's like, well, Johnny's going to play a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, great. Like I don't, he's amazing. So I'm not too worried about it. If I don't like it, I'll tell you, but yeah. I'm not too worried about it. And I would just, I mean, that can sound really, um, I did that on purpose. I was, I know yeah. myself. I'm like, I'm not the girl who sits and listens to minutia takes. I will burn out so fast. That's I burn out really fast. I just do. And so yeah. I'd rather like go get out of the way. Go. I mean, I'm not, I'll choose very purposely who's doing what, right? Like Johnny Sangster is amazing. Pickerel's amazing. Pretty sure something amazing is going to happen. Like not too worried about it. Like, but if I come back and, you know, I'll have little things like there'll be no pedal steel on anything I do ever. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like. Oh, you'll country. come around. Yeah, I probably will. I probably will. <laughs> yeah, probably will. If if we can do it in a very unusual way, I, I respect that <laughs> instrument. Well, there is a band called Brian Blade Fellowship, which is one of my favorite bands. It's a jazz band. And he had like the shreddingest. Um, oh, really? Uh, pedal steel player. The pedal, it was like distorted and just like, it was just oh. like a, any ripping guitar solo, you know, just like. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like, you know, it sounds like people crying or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah. Well, I'm happy to like, I'm teach me something new I'm in like I'm I, I don't have ego around it I've just you know there was a uh, just yeah <laughs> there's that's not me let me just yeah. say that I'll just own my side of the street like this is what I write you know what I mean yeah. like it's easy to go because I you know there'll be often people someone will say like oh Carrie you should do country and I'm like no no yeah <laughs> I don't want to like I I Gillian Welch does it she's gorgeous like I, I'm good you know blah blah anyways just because you can doesn't mean you should <laughs> yeah i know and, and so sometimes i I'll, I'll even write in different styles sometimes because i know my default the the person yeah. that i really am is someone who writes like a thousand songs that sound like tj harvey oh i no, i totally get it i write in waltz i told <laughs> right. i'm like oh waltz constantly one two wow. three one two three one yeah i'm notorious for like waltzing the shit out of something i i, I that rhythm is very like um soothing to me probably yeah. but if I, I could probably go through a list of songs and be like waltz <laughs> waltz <laughs> one two three one two three you know what i mean like there it is like one two three four you know it's not yeah, I've had to. I think I've had some musicians go, Can you just ch change that for me? Like, <laughs> take the song that's written in. Is that Waltz? I guess it's Waltz here, one, two, three, whatever. Uh, and like now change that. And then I've had that happen. Like uh, on Home, um, it, that the first solo record I did, a bunch of people played on it, and it was Tucker Martin produced it. So when he lived in Georgetown, and Reggie Watts plays on that, Avon Kang plays on that, Harris, my brother. Um, uh, and Reggie Watts came in. I had two songs and in piano, I would tend to write that, 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 you know, like on my fingers, that's how I would play it. Yeah. And, um, humdrum was written that way. And I think reflection was written that way. And Reggie came in and like cut it in half. 
like, again, I left and I came back and they were like, and he'd like completely done the song a different way. Like just cut the timing in half and left all this space, you know, and then used roads. And it was just like, and it, what I loved about it is it made all this naked room for the lyrics and it was sparse, like the story, right. The feelings. Um, and so I just, I, I so deeply enjoy being around really good, smart people. It's a yeah. effing pleasure. Well, and Reg um, is amazing. You know, he has this other thing. So he's ridiculously talented. I know, right? He yeah. could just go from floor to ceiling, right? But, but the thing he has, too, uh, my friend John Wicks had this. There's a few people. Uh, Molly Sides has this. Um, he was really good at making you feel like you're the most important person in the room. Yes, yeah. And that he was so interested in what you had to say and he wasn't faking it, you know? And, yeah. And John Wicks is like that. Uh, my, John Wicks plays with Fitz and the Tantrums, but he, he was like a local guy forever who played, this is a great player. And um, he was really just socially smart, humanly smart. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Molly Sides is like that, you know, if she goes into a room and I think she's really is interested in what everyone has to say. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I can be kind, but I don't have that. I don't even understand that skill. I, I do understand being fascinated by people. Uh-huh. But they just have it. It just is gushing out of them. That's um, awesome. I don't know if it's natural or if it's a skill they built, you know. I, I don't know either, but I know what you're talking about. And that is, I really appreciate that. I mean, they're savoring and learning. They're getting a lot. I mean, because they can do that. Yeah. I think they're getting, a, I mean, they're obviously capable of standing still. Yeah. You know, inside of themselves or attention wise enough to look and notice and intake. I mean, that's a skill. Yeah. <laughs> Hence meditation. I have to work at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get a little, I get excited. Yeah, I just I get really excited and then I can sound like I'm all over the place, but it's just because a lot of things are trying to get out of my head. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, did you read that David Lynch book about meditation? Because uh, uh, he's into transcendental, right? Meditation. No, I haven't read that book. Huh? It's like um, maybe 30 pages long or something. Uh-huh. And it's about what he's doing when he's meditating is trying to find his ideas. Yes. Um, so he meditates as part of his artistic process. Mm-hmm. And he says he's, he's, I'm always say it wrong. So I may have to reread the book, but it's, I'm going to go get it. Yeah. He's fishing for the ideas. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And so sometimes the big ones will come out. Yeah. Well, have you ever read, um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert has big magic and she talks about when the idea comes, you need to take it because it will leave, like chase it down. I'm going to write that down. Like, yeah, that's a great book. And then, uh, um, she's like, yeah, don't just don't take that for granted like an idea is showing up go get it it's saying hi i'm here um and i look at like i do meditation every day when my mom passed away i turned to meditation for as a way to heal you know a way to get you gotta you know to work there's only going through it right you can only get to the other side by going through um and so sitting and allowing is a big practice of mine like i am my 
my work is to be pre present, like just be here now, kind of Ram Dass, like yeah. it takes me a lot to work at being here right now. But in, in the practice of that, what I'm shedding is, you know, like a lot of people would like trauma, yeah. um, fear, pain, um, uh, past history, releasing crap or whatever, and all that stuff's in the way, getting in the way of me being right here, right now. Um, and so, and then with ideas, I, I also am trying to just get out of the way. Yeah. Like allow, just allow. And maybe there's nothing, but just don't control the, sh you know, get out of the way. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that um, because a lot of times the ideas come to you and they feel like gifts or magic, but you had done all the work and preparation for it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, sometimes you don't, you're not there to receive it, but it came, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but isn't it surprising? You're like, what's this? Like, <laughs> but you know it when it's there and you're like, I don't know, you better grab that. Like, you know, I've lately I've been like, and I can't tell if it's because we're all like at home too. I've turned to listening to music again. There's a long period of time where I didn't listen to music because music had kind of become business. Yep. Um, and so now I'm, now I'm listening to things I like, because I used to do that as a kid, like me and a, I'll age myself, a Walkman was mm -hmm. like constant, like daydreaming was the state I like to be in. Uh, and I'd really lost track of that. And so recently I've just been making playlists and listening and going back to daydreaming. But now I'll wake up and like, I'll, uh, there'll be a certain song. I don't know. I'll wake up and I'm like, why is this song in my head? And it will be there for a while. Like lately it's Billy Joel, Big Shot, like <laughs> over. I don't know why. Like, I'll be like, why is Big Shot in my head? Like over and over, or just, I'm talking random songs. So I go listen to them because I'm, I believe I'm like, oh, something's trying to tell you something. Oh, yes. Yeah. So because it's rando. I, um, I found Iggy Pop's Funhouse. So I love Iggy Pop and I've always loved uh -huh. Iggy Pop and, and feel like there's something that I always learn from him. Like I go back and I go, oh, yeah, that. Um, but Funhouse is so incredible. <laughs> and it's their second album with the Stooges. And it was recorded unconventionally. Everyone was in the same room, in a small room. Um, the, there was room mics. And everything bled into each other, all the instruments. And then um, Iggy really wanted to record his vocals in the same room. And they tried. And, of course, it was garbage to do that because you can't do that. So mm -hmm. I don't really understand exactly how they did it. But they put him in a room with the PA or something. And, and it made him feel alive so he could walk around that small room and sing. Okay. And um, if you listen to it, if you love Iggy okay. and listen to it, there's a song called Dirt. Everything should sound like dirt. I don't mean exactly the <laughs> I mean the sonic, yeah. organic, ripping uh, okay. beauty and, and experimentation of Iggy Pop and his voice. Like he is in the moment rather than, you know, like we practice so that we'll pr execute things perfectly or whatever. But uh, that moment should be itself. So even if you play the same note that you play all the time, it should always sound kind of like the moment of that note. Um, I'm going to go listen to that. Yeah. Same. And he, he does that. Like it's, it's pretty great. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to music too. And really like, well, and when I did that Radiohead thing, um, I transcribed those parts and some of it, I didn't know how they did it. So I just did my guess of how they did it, you know, yeah. which was kind of fun. Like, <gasps> you know, mm -hmm. well, you know what I, you know what I'd love to, since you're into that, I don't know if you'd be into this. So I'm, uh, like Hounds of Love was my was one of my all time favorite records. Like I remember 
my first year in Seattle and sitting on a balcony and snow was falling down and like just constantly listening to Hounds of Love like forever. But I would love to do a remake of the ninth wave, like the whole three, mm-hmm. the triptych. And I was like, oh my, so if you ever want to do that remake of oh some, I would, I would love to do some version of that. I've always that been. That would be amazing. And I have, so, you know, I did Hounds of Love. I don't know if you know that, but I did Hounds of Love twice at the Royal Room with myself, Alex Guy, Greta oh, cool. and Igor Abelots. Mm-hmm. So I have the people that would be totally into, um, yeah, doing it. but yeah, the, um, is the ninth wave the recording that she just did of her concerts or is it that no i think that's what the triptych i think that's what the triptych's called i could be wrong oh, it, that could be like the dreaming the ninth wave and, yes yes uh, i'm sorry you're right yeah uh yeah. let me go look was it the one that was right after central world no here's what i'm thinking of where's hold on Da, 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 da. I'll go look at it. And this is the way we spend our podcast <laughs> is you can't see it, but I am looking up things. Hounds of love. So it is jig of life. Hello earth and the morning fog. Oh, oh, that's called the ninth wave. I thought it was. Maybe no, I'm that's wrong. Great. I love when I learn stuff. Okay. So I've, I've, I'll send you what we did on the, those we've done. Okay. I love uh, that. In fact, we did it with Sean. We did morning fog with Sean Smith. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. You know, my big fantasy, it would be fun to have you help with this, is I want at some point when we can all be together again, I want to do an orchestrated show of a bunch of my solo stuff, like with Sean Smith did that, right? Like this yeah. whole, with with the Seattle Rock Orchestra. Did you do it with them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I had talked to them about it a long time ago, and they were like, well, you know, uh, let's talk about it. It costs a lot to do it, you know what I mean? But I was like wasn't prepared to do but anyways i would love to do taking things and redoing them and orchestration is something that's just another place to go that i'm fascinated with yeah um because it's fantastical in a a lot of ways and just that orchestras have a beautiful sweeping kind of thing uh that just um, oh i'm sorry do you know uh my bright is it my brightest diamond sounds familiar what is that it's a girl. That's her. Reco- oh, I love her that. Name. And and uh, there's like this whole group of people that do almost like chamber music, rock and roll. And so sometimes Ooh. Joanna Newsom is in that group and Anthony and the Johnsons. Um, and so uh, her stuff is really cool. I'll send you a couple of stuff of hers. And then obviously <sighs> Bjork. Oh, dude. Yeah. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Always. orchestrated york is pretty great that's one of the songs that was literally plaguing me was not here one of her songs um uh i'm scrolling again i couldn't get this thing out of my head and so i just decided to like listen to it over and over and it's on uh vespertine oh and it's um it is sun in my mouth yeah i think it's that one it's not heirloom sun in my mouth but um i couldn't get that song out of my head and so i just like over and over and over um but yeah bjork's uh, otherworldly right and even her um uh her recent ones too that are like you know vulnicure or whatever it is um there's just her lyrics and i feel like only she can do it too right just the way she sings and her voice and all of that but um She's so smart. That's what I love about her. Like, I love to watch documentaries about mm-hmm. the making of her records. 
um, I just have a super admiration for her of her experimentation or the reasons behind, or, um, you know, like the record that is literally built only on vocals. Right. Um, it's fascinating. It's a pleasure. That's what I should where, say. Where, um, where can you see those documentaries? I want to see that. Um, I think, you know what, um, I would go, let's just go on YouTube actually and go look, there's lots of interviews, but there was one where she was recording uh, in Spain and I want to, I don't think that was post. It might've been homogenic. Um, oh. but there's a whole, there was like a documentary all of her recording, all of that there's, and then there's snippets on YouTube about like, um, medulla and all that, like medullar, um, where it's all just vocals and it shows the people that she finds, um, that you don't like when you go listen to it, you're like, that's a voice like, Whoa, like, but layered up and all of this. Um, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll go look and I'll send it to you. Okay. That's also, uh, I love I'm that stuff. To dancer in the dark all the time. And, and that movie, and I love movies too. Um, and that movie, I think I cried for like an hour after it was over. Like I was racking sobs. Cause it's sad. I've, I literally purposely have never watched it. Cause I was like, I don't think I can <laughs> take it. too intense. Isn't it, in is it intense and super dark? <laughs> it's really dark because, um, Lawrence Ventura is a very dark film director. Yeah, right? And he kind of abuses his women, but I also think that he is the female character in his films. And so oh. there's some really unusual stuff happening there. But um, he's often saying something, too, about how we treat each other um, yeah. and the cruelty that can happen. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's I'm too scared. Don't, like, I'm too don't, scared. If you don't want to cry, don't. Um, Don't do I just it. Told the last podcast I talked on where we were, we talked about my album track by track. Um, uh huh. And I I had recommended the road by Cormac McCarthy. Okay. Haven't like, haven't watched that either. Nope. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. The the book. I cried um, for an hour again after reading the road, and I was like, maybe I should stop recommending that book because you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a, like, it's a classic now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's good. The pain. When there's children involved, I can't. I know. It hurts. I can't. And it, you're right. It will linger. Yeah. It will linger. And I, I don't want that. <laughs> it's, it'll be funny if everything I ever do from now on, every interview or whatever will be, like, I'll talk about the road. Like, Thanks a lot, Kathy Moore. <laughs> now I'm going to take that with me. Well, okay, Kathy, on that note, on that <laughs> sweeping happy note, <laughs> yeah. I just want to thank you. This I just, I want to talk to you more often anyway, oh, yeah. but, um, I'm so glad we finally did this and, um, and going forward, I, w I will reach out more. I know you're really busy, so don't, you know, whenever, you know, whenever we can at some point, I can't wait to do stuff together. Oh, um, yeah. so I'll keep poking. I mean, I'll just, you know, Hey, we, what about now? Like, <laughs> and it's good for me that way. I don't like sit down. You know what I mean? Like sit down, sit down and be like, it's really comfortable here. Why, why do anything? <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you at some point too. I have an idea about something. Um, okay. Be very you got simple, it. Not time consuming. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat about it. I love that. Well, I thank you so much. I think you're amazing. And I just appreciate you. Thank you guys nice so much. Nice to meet much. you, Kathy, too. Nice to meet you. All right. Bye. Bye.